following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? It's Friday morning again, another weekend. Mike Jones, John Brown, back to do it one more time. Yes, sir. Man, we got got a lot to go through this week. There's a yeah, lot going on yeah, right now. Yeah, I mean, this is that good. This is that best time of year. You know, it's like. Football's going, you got hockey going, you got uh, basketball going, both mm. college and pro, getting ready for the bowl game. Exactly. Have you watched, do you watch a lot of bowl games? Uh, bowl games I do watch. Okay. But usually not before New Year. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll put it, if, if there's a good matchup. If there's a good matchup, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch, watch it. it. And I have a thing, and it's like, I have a problem with non-major bowls being played after New, new Year's. I like can, a, I can agree with that. Like once once New Year's hits, you, you, you know, want the big. I want the big there. bowls. I don't want, I don't want to see but, you know the tidy bowl or or you know the the I don't want to see the you know the 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 Bob's Big Boy Bowl or or you know the Super Fresh Bowl. Now my problem with those bowls, honestly, is and not everyone may feel this way, but if you're six and six. Seven and five. You don't deserve a bowl game to begin with. No, you don't. That's just a money grab. Yes. Yes. That, that's what it is. It's a yes. money grab. And it insults me as a fan for them to try to put it out there like it's a bowl or some high level competition nah, well, rather than anything other than what it is. A money I, grab. I, I think it is a money grab, but I feel like those bowls and I know this is not where you wanted to start. <laughs> I, I, oh, we'll I, get there. But uh I feel like those bowl those types of bowl games aren't for the hardcore, co- the hardcore college football fan, but they're not for the casual fan either. Because no, nobody's no, even no, heard no, of half no, these no. teams. No, it's for the fan bases of those two teams, whoever's playing. Because if you're a hardcore fan, you're like, this team is six and six. Why are they in a bowl game? Exactly. And if you're a casual fan, you're like, this team is six and six. Why are they in a bowl game? Exactly. But if you're an alumni or somebody who ca- or, you know, a longtime fan of a program. You're the person whose money they're yeah, trying yeah, to grab. Exactly. That's and you're what, like, and, and that, like, that's what it is. Yeah. You're the if you're the person whose money they're trying to grab, mm-hmm. which means you should be the one who should really be insulted because they're trying to tell you that after your team had a mediocre season at best, we're going to give you this trumped up fake competition <laughs> so you'll spend money on your team one last time before the season's over. Now, now here's the thing about college football that I don't necessarily understand, and it's. I guess when when I think about it, when I talk about it, this is th- these are the questions I have. All right, say you know you win the you know whatever bowl you go to, what you know, mm-hmm. you, know you you win the you know you win the fat dot com bowl. All right, <laughs> that's where you, that's where you went. Do you get? Do you put that banner up in your stadium? Like if you're a program, you won the fat dot com bowl. Do you put up? A banner that says FatDude.com 2018 Champions? You probably do do put the banner up somewhere. I don't know if it hangs prominently in the stadium. Mm-hmm. But it's but probably it's in a, your complex it's somewhere. Pro- it's in the complex somewhere. It's somewhere up on display. But the only three mm-hmm. people who are going to know even what the FatDude.com bowl is mm-hmm. are 
the three freshmen left on your roster <laughs> who didn't transfer after you accepted the invitation to play in the FatDude.com <laughs> Bowl in but, the first place. But, but it's like, all right, do you get a ring? Do you get a FatDude.com Bowl championship ring if you win? Probably. Do you wear if you if you are at a it's university? Probably not a very high quality ring, but it's probably a ring. If you're if you are a college football player mm-hmm. and you win the Fat Dude.com Bowl mm-hmm. and you get a you get a Fat Dude.com Bowl championship ring, do you wear it? Why no? If if I'm on a college football team, yes. My team decides they're they're going to accept this invitation to yes. play in the Fat Dude.com Bowl. Look, what school is not? I'm, is, I'm taking that game off. I, I understand. I'm not that. risking the injury for the Fat Dude.com Bowl. But all right, say we're seven and five. Our season's over. We stunk this year. If we were good, we wouldn't have lost five games because we didn't play five great teams. Would you Would you feel that same way if you were a player or a coach? Yes. Okay. Yes, I would. Like, I wouldn't want to play in the NIT if I was playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't a championship. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not even a second place finish if we win. No. We don't get to go at it with whoever wins the NCAA. Nope. This is just me out here. Still hooping. You just, because you, you, you're playing, you're, you're playing for the sake of playing. Yeah. And I can, and I get that, mm-hmm. playing for the sake of playing, but. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, it is what it is. You know, it's like I, 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 I hear it, and honestly, if there's a bowl, if there's a small window for these non-major bowl games to catch my attention, if I see it and it's a close score, mm-hmm. I need to see it. Then there'll be a close score. I need to see it, and there'll be at least one team that I actually recognize. So if I look on there and it's like West New Mexico State A and A and T. Mm-hmm. Against uh, Eastern Louisiana Municipal Municipal uh, School, and it's like thirty-five nothing. No, but if it's some, you know, it, it, if I'm looking and I see a, a team I recognize, or you know, that, or a score, I, but see that makes it even worse because if it's a team you recognize, you know they only have six wins. Well, that's the, look. I'm a I'm a what you know. Once again, if I if I tune in, and they just look if they look every bit the six one team they've been all season. I mean, maybe if they made bowl eligible eight wins rather than six wins, I'd be better with it. Because mm. at least then I know you had a winning season. Here's the, six it, wins it, means you went five hundred. True. Five hundred shouldn't get you in a football playoff. It shouldn't get you in the postseason. Look, you are see. Here's the thing: you're you're really, really trying to attack this with common sense here when you know the the solution the answer whatever it is you know it's right there in front of you and you said it already because you you, you admit it like this is a money, it's a grab. money grab it's a money grab everything the ncaa mm-hmm. does is yes. a money grab yes. and i will never say anything different no because you, you shouldn't have to say anything different because you're not wrong <laughs> you know i mean it's, the the problem here isn't your point but the you know the issue is it's not going to change. Oh, I know it's not going to change. It's because never going to change. They're still successful at grabbing yes. the money. Yes, as long as people get money, as long as pe- as long as they're satisfied with these three quarter filled stadiums mm-hmm. and the TV revenue they get from whatever network they're on. Oh, uh, with ESPNU and yeah. ESPN three and yeah. four and ESPN yeah. eighty eight and everything else they got mm-hmm. now. 
uh, somebody's going to give them some TV money for it. Exactly. They, they have to fill content. It's going to be someone. It's going to be someone. But nonetheless, you know, it's that time of year. It's you know, that bowl, time of year. You know, bowl games. But, there's uh, playoff pushes. But you know what um, other time it is? It's what other time of year it is. What? This is the time of year where in the NBA, mm-hmm. trade rumors start. Yeah, man. That's, that's a heck of a transition right there. I do want to commend you on that one. Because that's a heck of a transition. <laughs> Love the way you pivoted right there. I appreciate that. Because you're at that point of the year where teams are starting to know mm-hmm. we're good this year, we're not good this year. Yes. And you start – and ownership starts to think, okay, well, I know I can't re-sign this player next year. Mm-hmm. This player wants to leave. He's unhappy. Let's mm-hmm. start thinking about draft picks this, and all the other stuff that comes with being a GM rather than a head coach who's just there to win games. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stories start to come out now. This is when Adrian Wojnarowski starts to get busy. But the one name that seems to be popping up as the potential blockbuster of the year, Anthony Davis, the brow. You're starting to hear stories about where he might end up before by the deadline. And it's starting to pick up a little steam. You, you start to hear rumors about Boston being interested, Toronto being interested, the Lakers being interested, LeBron himself, and who is a very calculated person. He's very media savvy. He knows what the reaction is going to be when he says anything. He didn't really say much, but what he did say was that he he thought it'd be great to play with Anthony Davis. Left it at that, but considering that they share the same agent, Rich Paul, it leads to at least the speculation that Anthony Davis may end up with the Lakers. I, I, I kind of I like the idea. Well, I, I'll put it to you like this: this time of year, it's not going to take much to start that snowball effect. Mm-hmm. You hear what LeBron said, and just like you, and the Pelicans aren't a winning team right now. Pelicans aren't a winning team. But you heard what LeBron said, but on you know, the thing about it is, what else could LeBron have said? You know, it's like you ask him about Anthony Davis. What is he going to say? Nah, dude, we good. He's, he could have easily said Anthony Davis plays in New Orleans. Yeah, I'm worried have. about the guys we have in our locker room right now trying to win games. He could have. That's the safe answer. That's the safe answer. And LeBron but, you know, knows that's the mm-hmm. safe answer because he's been through the trade season on both sides of mm-hmm. are you staying, are you leaving, are you getting someone, are you not getting someone I, I think for Le- years. I think, LeBron, of course, I think LeBron would be foolish to not have some interest in Anthony Davis. But I do think, you know, okay. like you said that he's so I have he's a calculated in his uh, hold, hold on, let me, let me let me finish this point then, then mm-hmm. I will, I'll take that question. Because I to your point that yes, he is very calculated in what he says and what he does. He's always been that way. That's why he's in LA right now, which is another point for us to, you know, that we don't necessarily ag- agree on. But nonetheless, I think, yes, there's interest. I think he'd be a fool to not be interested. 
I think Magic Johnson would be a fool not to at least kick the tires and at least see what it will take. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't even know if that's the best fit. But, of course, there's going to be some interest there. Okay. So, to that point, there's interest there. Mm -hmm. Do you think bringing in Anthony Davis makes them a contender? I'm not quite sure if I would. Well, contender for what? Contender for the title? It's LeBron. What else matters? Uh, one, I. Does making the playoffs mean anything with LeBron? Does making the playoffs mean anything to LeBron? I think at this point, yeah, I think that's what he's cool with. We've had this conversation before about LeBron and his choice to go to the Lakers because I honestly believe, and I've said this on this show before, that I feel like LeBron feels like his legacy is etched in stone. So to say, yeah, he's completely focused on winning a championship, uh, I, I don't know. I think that, you know, or excuse me, let me, let me, let me rephrase that and I'll, and I'll let you jump in. To say, I, of course, I believe that he wants a championship. But I don't believe that he feels like not winning a championship is a knock on his legacy. Whereas oh, he's willing okay, to take. I hear you. Okay, but that's not the conversation we're having. Okay, here. no, I, no, I understand. What I'm what I'm saying is, do I think that makes them a contender? I do. I believe that adding Anthony Davis makes them a contender. Not necessarily, because once again, and this is something also that I've said on the show, as far you know, other teams. I won't. I will not believe that the Warriors are the best team in the West until they're not the best team in the West. Okay. So do, do I think adding Anthony Davis makes the Lakers better than the Warriors? Not necessarily. Okay. So another way to look at it. If okay. you're, you're the Lakers. You want to add Anthony Davis. I'm New Orleans. I have Anthony Davis. And he's under contract till 2020. Mm -hmm. It's not a one-year rental. It's not a two, three-month rental. Mm -hmm. You'll get another full season out of him after this one. So that leaves you with the question. I have, as a team, have a little bit of leverage here. What am I getting in return to send him to L.A.? It's not the situation where I just got, I'm going to take whatever I can get because I know he's leaving at the end of the year no matter what. So... I look at L.A., I say, what do you have to offer me? You give me Ingram, maybe Ball or Kuzma. Then I've really just decimated my roster mm -hmm. of young talent in L.A. Mm -hmm. So, sh short answer, no, I don't think it makes him a contender. And beyond that, I don't know that strictly from an X's and O's perspective, that it's the best basketball fit for those two guys to be mm -hmm. on the court together in LeBron and Anthony Davis I anyway. Mm -hmm. I, in, in, in my opinion, mm -hmm. I believe the best type of players to have around LeBron James are guys who play well without the ball, like to defend, good catch-and-shoot guys, and guys who like to rebound but don't necessarily need the ball, do the dirty work. Mm -hmm. And you don't want somebody who offensively lives in the post a lot. Not that needs the ball in the post a lot. I'll say it that way. Mm -hmm. So 
Anthony Davis, while he does have jump shooting ability inside outside game, so did Kevin Love, so did Chris Bosh. But we put them in the lineup with LeBron. I'm not going to get into diagramming the whole way that everything works, but they end up being jump shooters. Which, while Anthony Davis can shoot, I don't think he needs to end up being a jump shooter. So, and that combined that with the Lakers not necessarily being able to offer the best trade package, you've got Toronto. I'm still not sure what their tra- – I hear they're interested, but I don't know what their trade package would be either unless they're going to offer Kyle Lowry, but then that leaves them without a point guard because so, you're not – you're not getting Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis. So, well, I guess the the Lakers being the Lakers mm-hmm. because they are the Lakers. I think that's all, you know, whenever you're going to hear their name pop up in conversations like this, mm-hmm. it's always going to be news. True. When you, when you break it down the way that you broke it down, you lay it all out why the Lakers probably wouldn't be the best fit. Mm hmm. But once again, that's that's common sense right there. That's that's just straightforward thinking. That's objectivity. That's not going to keep you know. But that's what every GM's job is to be. Mm-hmm. But the, but honestly, but that's that could that could honestly be why Anthony Davis is not a Laker right now, because they know that they have to give up too much, and if they go down this road, and then become pretty much and you know a an assembled piece mm-hmm. because right now they had a young core. They added LeBron to it, which sped up their expectations. They went from a young budding core looking to get better to now a team with at least some level of win now expectations, right or wrong, fair or foul, you know, however you want to say it. adding LeBron to the team adds win-now expectations. Am I wrong? For people on the outside, I don't know that necessarily adds them for the team. Mm. I think on some level, the people sitting in the front office in L.A. for the Lakers know they don't have a team that's a championship team right now. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. But fans, journalists, media see LeBron. Oh, LeBron's so great. He could win a championship with anybody. So it, it does add those expectations for people on the outside. Mm-hmm. No qu- no question. But for th- as you say, anyone who's being objective, no, I don't think it does add those expectations. Because you can look at that roster and be like, no, nah, these guys aren't built to win. Mm-hmm. Do, you see, do you see the, the acquisition of Anthony Davis as a win-now move? Yes. Okay. So you add Anthony Davis, you automatically you add you would add, a team looking to add Anthony Davis at this point in time is a team looking to win now. Yes, you're adding a superstar okay. max salary type of player mm-hmm. who by age and physical development is beginning getting into his prime. If you bring him in now and make the financial commitment also the commitment of giving up assets to bring him in, you need to be in a situation where what you're looking to do is absolutely win now because you need to be maximizing this player's prime. Okay. You don't want to get to three, four years down the road before you're putting your team in a position to win and 
he's on the back end of his prime now. Not out of his prime, but where you might have had a five or six win- year window, now you have a one or two year window. That would be gross negligence on the fr- part of any front office to do that. So, if it's not Los, if it's not Los Angeles, then who are you? There's only one team. Honestly, makes sense to me. Who is that? When you consider the finances, the talent, you're in a win now mode. Mm-hmm. Basketball fit. There's only one team that makes sense. Oh boy. I see this. You already know who it is. Go ahead and say it, man. The only move that makes sense is for the Boston Celtics to trade Kyrie Irving to New Orleans. Mm. Because if I give you Kyrie and one of those young wings, which they have an abundance of, Mm. most likely a Jalen Brown, I'm probably going to keep Tatum and and Hayward. Mm -hmm. And if I give. That makes the money work because Kyrie's salary is at about 20. Anthony Davis is at about 25, 20, mm-hmm. almost 26. And the Celtics absolutely have to match sal- salaries because they're $25 million over the cap. Mm-hmm. So for anybody who's thinking about Boston doing a deal that doesn't include Kyrie, not going to happen. Thing is, mm-hmm. Boston, by all 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 appearances based on the eyeball test is a better team not necessarily a more talented team but a more cohesive team that functions better offensively and defensively without Kyrie Irving in the lineup so I think it's a win-win situation for them I think it is too and I agree with you and I want to throw this out there to you because as much as as a fan I hate the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. But being objective, I respect what they've done and how they've built that organization, how they built that team. And I believe that Danny Ainge as a front office per, uh, as front as a front office person. Mm-hmm. I think he's made very shrewd moves. I think he's made I think he's made moves that have shown that he has at least some semblance of a some he has a knowledge of how to build a winning team. It's coming along. And I feel like this move makes sense and I feel like this is going to be a test of his acumen because he is he made this Kyrie trade mm-hmm. with some expectations. And I think trading trading Kyrie has is somewhat of an admission of a mistake? Not necessarily. You don't think so? Not necessarily. Not for Danny Ainge. Why? Because Danny Ainge is a guy who has a proven track record of making the right moves. Mm -hmm. Who did they give up to get Kyrie? Gave up IT, Isaiah Thomas. That isn't really looking at IT's health and where his career has gone Mm -hmm. from – Okay. Where he was in Boston to now, you can't really say Danny Age. You, he, honestly, you can look at it and say he was ahead of the curve on that move. He took ex- advantage of a situation where Kyrie wanted out. I got a guy who's likely to never be the same again, but he's got a little value and some name value. I strike while the iron's hot, get a new piece in, and now I can move Kyrie later. Before. 
whether or not Kyrie fits, Kyrie is an asset with value who can get them return on their investment, possibly even Anthony Davis. And from New Orleans' standpoint, if they trade away Anthony Davis, they know they're going into a rebuild. But the one thing Kyrie Irving will let them do is still have some box office to sell tickets while they go through the rebuild. So on paper, that's the one move that truly makes sense to me. If I see Anthony Davis get moved this year, and I'm not saying it's a lot that he moves, Mm -hmm. but if he is to move, I think Boston, in my opinion, is the front runner to land him, considering the win now situation and the possible trade packages they have to get it done. Okay, so let me ask you this. You see now, like, you hear the stories, you hear the rumors. Mm -hmm. But what you also know is that the uh, uh, Alvin Gentry has come out and said, look, we're not trading him. Do you put any stock in that? No. Who cares? So you put no stock in that. That's what you're saying. I put no stock. How many times have you heard coaches say stuff all the time and the next day the guy is gone? Mm -hmm. So. And GMs are notorious for putting coaches out there to talk. That way they don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm sure Al, Alvin Gentry's trying to win games. He wants to keep his team motivated. He mm-hmm. doesn't want his guys thinking, yeah, this our best player is not with us. He said what he has to say. And as until someone tells him they traded Anthony Davis, I'm sure that's what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that nothing's going to happen this is pro sports no one's untouchable now that being said we're up against our first break so we're going to take a quick intermission then we'll be right back with right after this more john brown mike jones listen live online creationradio.com the opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. We've been talking a little basketball, you know, some round ball. Always good to start Specifically with the ball. talking about always good. That's Davis always a good and what the options are for the Pelicans and who the potential suitors are. I kind of think we settled on the where we at least believe the best landing spot for him might be. Now, that's a little hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. I know you bring me on this show to be Mr. Object, objective journalist slash analyst <laughs> slash commentator. But as a fan of basketball and as a fan of the Philadelphia 76ers, I don't want to see Anthony Davis in a, in a Celtics uniform. I don't either. But you're, you're, you're a Sixers fan, right? I, I am. And that's okay. I, I don't want you to hide your fandom. No, I, well, unfortunately, it, the thing about fandom, when, you, when you're when you a true fan, it's hard to hide. It's only, in fact, it's not even hard to hide. It's impossible to hide. So you're a true fan? Yes. So you're a Sixers fan? Yes. Phillies fan? Yes. I'm four for four. Flyers fan? Yes. Four for four. Eagles fan? Four for four, yes. So... Eagles fan, let me ask you a question then. Yes. Is the season dead yet? Season dead? No. There's still two games left to play. They're seven and seven. No, they're six and seven, aren't they? Seven and seven with two games left. Seven and seven, two games left. Mm -hmm. Okay. Play 14. They're at 500. They just beat the Rams. Seven and seven, yeah. Why does. They just beat the Rams. Just beat the Rams, yes. 
which at least kept the door open. Yes. Do you think they get in? Do I think they get? Do I? All think right, they, let's not start there. Okay. There's very little locked up in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. It's let's see. You got the Chiefs and the Chargers who've clinched spots in the AFC. Yes. They both have what three losses now? Yes. Then after that, you've got the Bears and the NFC that have clinched. Yes. Uh, well, I'll put it to you like this. Two teams have clinched in the AFC. Mm-hmm. They just clinched playoff spots. Yeah. But their seeding and division mm-hmm. still to be won. The divisions have been clinched in all except for the NFC East. In the NFC, the Rams Saint, have clinched, the Saints, Saints have clinched, and the, the Bears, Bears have, have clinched. clinched. Yes. So that's five spots that have clinched out of 12. Okay. Majority of playoff spots have not been guaranteed to anyone yet. Nope. So over the last two weeks, that leaves us for some very interesting football. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So let's start in the AFC. Okay. Let's do this. AFC. The two teams that clinched are both in the same division. That's the AFC West. Yes. Who do you think wins that division? I think, well, it's only one. First place you're going to look if you're going to ask Who's going to win that division? You got to look at the schedule. Uh-huh. See, got the same record, and you, you're looking at – the Chiefs are looking at going to Seattle, mm-hmm. which is always hard, primetime in Seattle, and then home against the Raiders. Which has not been that hard this year. No. No, not at <laughs> all. Not at all. And then the Chargers are looking at – let's see. They are looking at – Home against, uh, home against the Ravens. Very tough is, game. Which is a tough game. Best one, or arguably the best defense in the league this year. Mm-hmm. And then they go to uh, Denver, which has been a disappointment, and they're but probably it's, it's a road game in Denver. Their defense is still mm-hmm. competent. Competent. It's fair. Not, it's not the 2015 Denver defense, no, but they're not competent. At all. No, they you're still staring down, you know. You still, still got Bradley Chubb and, and Von Miller, Von Miller yep. out there getting after the quarterback. So it's not a cakewalk per se. Mm-hmm. So let's see. You could feasibly see the Chargers and the Chargers and the Chiefs with the same record. Because mm-hmm. they could both go one and one. They could both go one and both one. Both go one and one. Go finish uh, 12 and four on the season. And then you're looking, I guess, that would give the Chiefs uh, the Chiefs the uh, tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Then I would give it to the Chiefs. You're going Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. All right. So we're looking at two teams, which for different reasons over the last few several years mm-hmm. have been – Underachievers at best. Yes. Kansas City has a coach who's known for falling short. Mm-hmm. And San Diego has a quarterback with a similar rep. Yes. Both have had teams over the years that have looked like world beaters. Yes. And not got it done in the playoffs. Yes. Not got it done in December, January, big games, cl- clutch times, clutch moments. So... Between those two, should I really believe in either of them? No. No. Absolutely right. not. Honestly, with 
Okay. I feel like history plays a role in this. All right, let's not okay. go too far. We're going to come back to it. Okay. So you say we don't believe it. You, we don't believe in either. Right? I don't. All right. So look, we'll come back to that in a second. So AFC North. Mm-hmm. What are we looking at? AFC North. We're Ravens, Steelers, pretty much coming down to those two. Mm-hmm. Who do you see taking it there? Well, once again, see, let's look at the bracket. Steelers coming up. Mm-hmm. They finished the se- They finished the season at the Saints, and then home versus the Bengals. Right. So I think okay. Ravens go to. Take a look. At the Chargers again, and then home versus the Browns. Mm-hmm. So once again, you're looking at two teams that could feasibly go one, one and one. True. Now, the Pittsburgh currently has, by virtue of a tie earlier in the year, a half game lead over Baltimore. Yes. So if they both go one and one over the final two games, that Pittsburgh means the gets it. Yes. So, Baltimore actually needs to win two games and have Pittsburgh stumble in order to get that division. Do you think Do you think Pittsburgh stumbles at any point? You're looking at the you're looking at the Saints and you're looking at the Bengals. And quite frankly, I feel like I could I see them could lose stum- both. I could th- either of those games are losable. Mm-hmm. I I expect them to beat the Bengals. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, however, that one I'm I could easily see the Saints winning that one. No, I agree with you there. I I could see them, and I think it's very realistic. I see them losing to the Saints, going on the road, losing to the Saints, and then coming home beating the Bengals. Quite frankly, I feel like if the Steelers cannot beat the Bengals at this point in time, when you're at home and you're looking at a playoff berth and a division title on the line, then if you can't beat them, then the Ste- I think that pretty much sums up the Steelers. Well. The state of the Steelers, I think, is a conversation we could really get into depth <laughs> into okay. another day because mm-hmm. we'd spend the whole segment getting into that one. Yeah. I, I think they have some issues in how that team is currently constructed and long-term high-level success will be difficult for that team going forward. But for right now, they have a, they have a good shot at winning the division, which with, means they have a shot. Without getting too deep into it. Because I know you know we're we're strapped for time, but without getting too deep in it, do you think uh, coaching change is something that should be considered? No, they have a very good coach in Pittsburgh. Okay, okay. So let's say I, as much as I like the potential I'm seeing in Lamar Jackson down in Baltimore right mm-hmm. now. The passing game still leaves a lot to to be desired. There's a lot of development that still needs to be done. And for that reason, I'm going to give the edge to Pittsburgh. Okay. So we have Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and and the Chargers so far. Now we're also looking at now the AFC South. Chances are Houston's going to get that one. Colts are still in the race, but they're two games back. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a tough task for anybody to real, realistically mm-hmm. come back and take that division from Houston. Agreed. And then AFC East, yeah. 
technically the New England hasn't clinched yet, but they really clinched that one in August. So <laughs> here's my question for you. Okay. Pit, we're looking at Chiefs, Chargers, Pittsburgh, Houston. Let's see, I, I missed one. Chiefs, Chargers, Pittsburgh, Houston, New England. And a wild card that'll likely come down between Tennessee, Indianapolis, and Baltimore. One of those three. Mm -hmm. They all have the same eight and six record right now. Which of those teams do you think is the best team? Now I'd say Baltimore has the best defense. I think Baltimore has. I think Baltimore has the best defense. Indy has the best quarterback. Quarterback, Yes, I agree. Probably the Mm -hmm. best offense of the group. And Tennessee, I can't believe I'm actually about to say this, but they might be the most balanced of the three teams. I I actually, in the many incarnations of this show (laughs) since I've worked with you, I I tend to agree. I know, you know, we've had a history of agreeing to disagree. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Although that's not the name of the show anymore for for, for legal reasons. (laughs) But, uh... I do agree with you. I think Baltimore does have the best defense. I, I, well, I agree with the, each the three points that you just made because I feel like Tennessee does. They have a good quarterback, not the best quarterback out of the three, mm-hmm. but a good quarterback, a solid quarterback. They have a defense, not the best defense. They have an offense, not the best offense. Exactly, kind of in the mm-hmm. middle. They're in the middle. Yeah, like, their quarterback, I'd say, is better than Lamar Jackson. Not as good as Andrew Luck. Okay. Their defense not as good as Baltimore, a little better than Indy. Yeah. So they're in the middle, right down the middle on every mm-hmm. but in every sense of the word. In every yes. sense of the yeah. word is right down the yeah. middle of that group there. Definitely. So of the three of them, which one do you think has the edge for the wild card? The edge, I think it's Pittsburgh because of that tie. I think that tie well, works in their favor. Well, Pittsburgh we're looking at winning the division. So we're talking oh, I'm about sorry. Baltimore, yeah, you're, you're right. Baltimore. Tennessee and Indy. Mm-hmm. All have the exact same eight and six record. If you're looking for for an edge, then I think honestly, let's see. Thinking, cue the uh, Jeopardy music. <laughs> well, if you, well while you, while you're doing your well, I'll research, put it to, well, I'll put it to you like this. And I think what's what's interesting about this race is because all of these teams, you know, coming down the stretch, play each other. Mm-hmm. You know, Indy's looking at end of the season having to play uh, the Titans, but I think. But they got a, they have a game coming up at home against the Giants. So I, you know what? Honestly, I think I would give the edge to the to the Colts because they've got the Giants. They have the which Giants, should be a win. Which should be a win. And then they have the Titans, who we've agreed aren't are balanced, but not necessarily. They're not special. They're not special. So to me, I feel like that's a game that if you're if the Colts are for real, they should be able to win. They now, you should, s- now you say if they're for real. Mm-hmm. My question then is, do you believe they are for real? Do I believe they are for real? I think it's too. Er- I think it's too early. I think when when you're looking at a team, it's week fourteen. Well, going into week fifteen. No, well, let me let me explain <laughs> when I say it's it's too early because I feel like you know this isn't a, this isn't a really battle tested team. This okay. is a team that's had they that has had their struggles over the last couple of seasons, and you're not looking at it. In, this is not like a, a veteran, necessarily a veteran team that has been battle tested. 
So they haven't been in this position where they're in a dogfight to either uh, a dogfight to get into the playoffs. So you haven't seen that from this team yet. You haven't seen that from this core yet. That's what I mean when I'm saying is early, like I know it's week 14, you know, not, <laughs> not early in the season, but I feel like it's early for this team and this nucleus. Okay. So it's that's first still left to be coach, first year head quarterback coach. first just mm-hmm. first year back from being from, out for yeah. a year and a half, yes. almost two years with the shoulder injuries. Exactly. And then when you a and retool then honestly, defense and re, offensive retool line. Retool defense. I mean, do, honestly, other than Andrew Luck, like who who are the difference makers on the Colts? Other than Andrew Luck, difference makers on the Colts past T. Y. Hilton. I can't really say that I n- know any. Exactly. And T.Y. Hilton, he's a decent receiver, good speed, but he's not like anything you yeah. re- build your franchise around. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton will get you on Sports Center. He will. T- get, he will he'll get you that. on Sports Center. He'll make a highlight play. He'll, you know, he he's a, a, a he makes dynamic plays. I'm not necessarily calling him a dynamic receiver. But he makes dynamic plays. But nonetheless, I feel like this this game is if if T. Y. Hilton okay. and this in this uh so, nucleus is ready to So here's make what that I next here's what I want to know. Okay. Because I hear a lot of ifs. If, okay. And I don't want ifs right now. I want to know what your gut is telling me. Well, here, do you okay. think that do you think that the Indianapolis Colts get that final wild card spot. Because one of the wild card spots is already guaranteed to an AFC West team. Mm-hmm. So do you think these these Colts get that final wild card spot? Do I think it's they okay get to be wrong? We're, we're, no. It's I, not it is it is not that, but I guess to if if you may give if give me a, a second to fully explain my answer to your question. Because I understand not wanting ifs, but when you're that when you're getting down to the last two weeks of the season, and you have three teams that have mm-hmm. not really three teams three, same record, yeah, it could same go record, anyway. Yeah, who have, yeah, that's why I just want yeah, three your gut yeah. feeling which one of the no, three makes. Understand, it. but but what I'm saying is when you have a situation like that, mm-hmm. this is what you're going to get a whole bunch of ifs. If the, you know, I, and I understand why you don't want them, but when you're dealing, you got. Three eight and six teams. Yeah. Three eight and six teams that yes. that are okay, but not not so of those three good. okay teams. Which one is your gut telling you is going to get in? My gut's telling me the Baltimore Ravens get in. There we go. That's my gut. There we go. I don't know. I understand, but I also understand it's a fifty-six minute show. I could have told you the Baltimore Ravens is getting in at the very beginning st- of the segment. We still got to get to the NFC. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we that still got true. the whole NFC that left to true. go. That is true. All right. All right. True. True. All right. Yeah. I'm. I'm I think. I think. Honestly, because there are three teams that very well could go eight and one down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And if you're going by percentage points, I would say that would put the Baltimore Ravens in. All right, there we go. Okay. All right, take another quick break, last break of the show. Then coming back, we're going to start looking at our NFC playoff projections. And there's going to be a little drama coming down the stretch oh, in, the N- in the NFC. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. More after this. Mike Jones, John Brown, right back right after the break. Listen live online. 
The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, we are back. Final segment here with Mike Jones, John Brown. We've talked a little basketball in segment one. Segment two, we got into our NFL. We started talking about our AFC playoff predictions, who we think is going to secure those final couple spots. And now it's time to take a look at the NFC. We always save the NFC for last because if we do them first, we'll never get away from them. Both of us being Eagles fans here, we've got to, you know, try to give some equal opportunity, equal airtime to the rest of the country. I admire you. I admire your desire to be, you know, be fair and give equal time because honestly, we still have a whole nother show to talk Eagles. That is true. I'm going to get get it out. Don't worry. I understand. (laughs) I appreciate that. Make sure you check out the best in the world sports report every Saturday, 8 a.m. on phillygoflow.com. I throw the oop. He finishes the oop. Set him up for that one. We're like Peyton and Kemp out this piece, man. Peyton and Kemp. All right. So now we're looking at the NFC. NFC, the picture is a little more clear, Mm -hmm. but not all the way into focus yet. Mm -hmm. You know the Bears are going to win the NFC North. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that division one day. Okay. Let's talk about it next week. We could talk about it next week. Okay. Let's talk about that. I'll say this. All right. As good as Aaron Rodgers is, Mm -hmm. he may be the reason the Packers never win that division again. Now, moving on. So we know the Bears won that division. Yes. We know the Saints won their division. Mm -hmm. And we know the Rams won their division. Yes. Couple teams still alive though. Mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings, Seattle Seahawks, Dallas Cowboys, Carolina Panthers were alive until their recent tailspin. Yeah, I, I think they're done. Which leaves us with as our fourth con- playoff contender, the reigning Super Bowl champion, yes, Philadelphia sir. Eagles. Yes. Now. Cowboys or Eagles, one of them has to get in because one of them has to win mm-hmm. the division. And right now, with two games left, the Cowboys have the driver's seat in the division race because mm-hmm. they would have to lose both and the Eagles would have to win mm-hmm. both yes. in order for the Eagles to win the division based on the fact that the Cowboys beat the Eagles twice this year. Mm-hmm. So, for now, for sakes of this discussion, we're going to assume that the Cowboys win that division. Okay. Which gives us all four NFC division winners in place. Mm-hmm. So that leaves us three teams for two wild card spots rather than three teams for one in the AFC. So we're looking at Minnesota, Seattle, and Philly. Now we're going to do this a little different than we did at the AFC. Okay. Because I got some things on my mind I want to talk about. All right. Seattle, I expect them to get in. Philly, I actually expect them to get in. Okay. Minnesota, I don't expect to get in because I just don't trust Kirk Cousins in big games and against Mm -hmm. winning teams that he's, he's a guy who has lots of talent, but it doesn't seem to always translate to the big wins and big moments. Mm -hmm. What I do want to talk about, since 
I am predicting the Eagles get into the playoffs is what seems to be coming a annual phenomenon in, in, in the with the Eagles. Okay. Somewhere in December, you play the Rams. Nick Foles gets that win and then takes the Eagles on a run. Mm-hmm. If someone told you they were writing a movie and that happened, you'd tell them they were full of it. Like, yeah, that's not, that's just too unrealistic. No mm-hmm. way that happens. Nobody's going to buy it. Just mm-hmm. Go home, try again. But it actually could be setting up for that to be the case where Nick Foles comes in, saves the day, gets the Eagles to the playoffs, mm-hmm. and who knows, maybe even they get hot and go on a playoff run. Based on how the t- that offense specifically looked, against the Rams this past Sunday night in prime time. Nick Foles was spreading the ball around. Mm-hmm. There were multiple weapons involved. They put up 30 points in three quarters and looked reminiscent of the team that won the Super Bowl. So, a couple things. One, is Nick Foles really that good? Nick Foles is good. Nick Foles speaks to something that we have argued about on this show before. I will be, I will make my point, I'll I'll try to make my point as brief as possible because it's something that we talked about on this show before in a different conversation. I'm not going to get on a tangent, but I want to touch on it real quick. You know, I had thrown out the idea of the Washington Redskins signing Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. And when we talked about it, we talked about their decision to go with Mark Sanchez. And one of the things that you talked about was style of play, style of style of play and familiarity with the offense. Mm-hmm. I think from, I think the notion of familiarity with the offense is one of one of two of the two biggest, most overused, overrated terms in football. <laughs> you know, familiarity with the offense, I think, is one. And the other one is we need to see what we have. Okay. But 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 I understand we ain't got a, a lot of time. But what I'm saying is I think when you think of familiarity with an offense, I think that fits Nick Foles in a fa- in the in the sense that you see what happens when you have someone who's familiar with the offense who might not be good enough to be your everyday starter, but can still play. Okay. You know, I'm that, not. I've never. I, I'm not, never been a big fan, and I, I understand. You know, we're up against the clock. Never been that big of a fan of Nick Foles, but I do. I can't deny he can play. He plays. Now, all right. So there are a couple things. One, I'm gonna address your point real quick. Familiarity with the offense. I know you think it's an overused phrase. Mm-hmm. It's a phrase that means everything when you're talking about quarterbacks. Mm. If your quarterback doesn't know your offense, what's he going to do? No, how, he can't call plays. He doesn't know how to check down plays, what to switch, where to read, how to, where to send players, what his mm. players can do. Your offense doesn't work. Your quarterback is – and I'm getting through this point mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. Your quarterback is the one position where it's not like a running back. I can say go in there and run, make this run inside zone right, inside zone left, outside zone left, outside zone right, mm-hmm. delay, pretty straightforward stuff. Receiver, run this route. Pretty straightforward stuff. Mm-hmm. Quarterback – I got to know what everybody's doing and mm-hmm. everybody's stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's the one position where I, where you will hear me actually mention. You won't hear me mention familiarity to offense with too many positions. Mm-hmm. You will hear me bring it up with the quarterback position. 
that being said, the one other point I wanted to get to, because we got a couple minutes left before we got to get out of here, and it's something I thought, I don't know, it was obviously noticeable. It was not going to be noticeable looking at the numbers. You look at the numbers, Nick Foles' quarterback rating Sunday night versus the Rams was lower than Carson Wentz's quarter, average quarterback rating for the season. Mm-hmm. But if you look, if you use the eyeball test, it seemed like the offense and Nick Foles was playing better than Carson Wentz did this year, mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe one or two games, mm-hmm. specifically the Giants game where we blew, scored thirty four, and but it was the Giants and they stayed. Mm-hmm. So the, what I w- wanted to get to though is I am very, very, very curious as to when the issues with Carson Wentz's back started. Mm. And I am curious about that for one reason. What I saw Nick Foles do all year, we were having questions about our outside receivers. Nick Foles had no issues using the outside receivers. And I have one question. before. Now, I want to pose this thought to you and to the listeners. If I have a stress fracture in my back, you're – you ever watched a quarterback make a throw to the outside? Hmm. Me- mechanically, what does he have to do to make get that throw to the outside? He's got to get his feet and his shoulders turned quickly hmm. and drive the ball so you get it to the outside. Hmm. Feet, maybe. How do you snap your shoulders to get them in place to drive the ball to the outside of the field in – a fraction of a second with a stress fracture in your back. So while Carson Wentz didn't seem to lose his accuracy, completing 70% this year, mm-hmm. 102, almost 103, I believe, quarterback rating, I'm simply wondering, did he do the team a disservice by playing as long as he did when he, at least from my eyeball test, didn't have a full range of motion and didn't have access to his full set of tools. I'm not quite sure if I would say Carson Wentz did did a disservice, but maybe I think part of it is you know that you know that, that cliche football warrior mental, mm-hmm. mentality, and also maybe it not becoming prevalent before. You know the the team said that they had tested him before. You know, he's been they, – they were looking for it but couldn't find it. They mm-hmm. found it now. Now, I don't know how much of that now, I'm I not, should believe, but – I'm not saying I'm blaming the team or saying anything. Mm-hmm. The team did something wrong. Stress fractures are notoriously hard to find mm-hmm. on x-rays and scans. I'm simply asking, do you think Carson Wentz as a quarterback, knowing he's in pain and not right, should say, I'm not right, I need to sit down? No, because I think uh, – I, I, I'm pretty sure that Carson probably didn't know that the injury was as severe as it was. And he might have just thought it was just the bumps and bruises that come with the season. You don't think he could tell it was affecting his play? No. because He no, wasn't using the outside of the field. Wasn't using Last the outside year of the he field. used the out, outside of the field very effectively. So it's not like we can look and say that's not part of his game or who he is. He does use the outside. I I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm I'm not sure. You know, and that's why because it's not like he has no track record. He's not one of those guys who dinks and dunks all the time and just only uses 
in between the hash marks. He's a guy who's gone downfield in the past, gone to the outsides in the past. I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't know. You know, it's probably going to be something we have to expound on on a longer show where we talk about the Eagles. <laughs> I like guess we'll have to do that. <laughs> yes. But for now, we're up against the – we got to get out of here. Always fun. Always fun. Always. Let's do it again next week, my friend. That sounds like a plan to me. All right, man. Let's do it. Until then, adios. Vio con Dios. Au revoir. And uh, I don't got any more for you right now. But peace. That, peace. <laughs> Listen live online. CreationRadio.com. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.